Welcome on. Thank you for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast, where we focus all things pro soccer in the DMV and across the United States. This is Osel Maya from the Sports Post. Joining me as always, laughing at my third attempt to do this intro, Mario Maya from the Tiempo Latino. Are you still chuckling? No, I'm not chuckling anymore, but how are you doing today, sir? <laughs> this is what happens when you don't have a studio. You're trying to do this in a quiet room, but you hear a lot of people talking. You slowly get frustrated and forget to not hit mute in the middle of the intro. I digress. We'll talk about the Washington Spirit and where they currently hold. In. Also, I want to wish you a happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Well, thanks, I, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> Wish me, I guess. I guess you'd be all oh, the Latinos. Wish, wish you, me, and every other Latino that's listening and around the United States, <laughs> happy Hispanic Heritage Month. A nice save there, as always. Nice save, as always. Um, we'll get to, I guess, the Washington Spirit, who have one Latina in a second. But we got to talk about what happened Saturday night with DC United as they took on uh, Charlotte FC. United extended its unbeaten streak for as much as you want to call it an unbeaten streak to three matches, getting a scoreless draw. However, it's another shutout for Alex Bono, who inherited the goalkeeping job from Tyler Miller, who's going to be out for the rest of the season. DC United outshot Charlotte, yet weren't able to capitalize on those opportunities. They had six on target, finished the match with 14 yet weren't able to f- convert. Meanwhile, Charlotte had multiple dangerous opportunities but couldn't fire on target at all. Eight shots were blocked by D.C. United center backs. Another key note, the return of Andy Nahar. Teku Pietro came off the bench. We had a couple of injuries, but let's start off with the actual result. Mario, what are your thoughts? Are you with Wayne Rooney that it's a good point? And seeing how the rest of the night ended, United still remains with that ninth playoff spot. Was it a good night for United away from home? In a way, yeah. You you want to get points. You want to get any points you can off the road. You want to scratch those. So you can't get a good... This was a good point on the road. But at the same time, with the opportunities they created, I think I expected slightly a little more. They had enough to take all three points. And considering how every other result played out, because nobody wanted to win over the weekend, I'm look. If you don't know, Inter Miami loses to Atlanta in pretty humiliating fashion, without Messi in Atlanta, five to two, and all the other direct competitors, the New York Red Bulls and New York City FC drew each other zero zero, Chicago and Montreal drew each other zero zero, DC United also went to art school on Saturday night and drew zero zero with Charlotte. Looked like nobody wanted to take control, but I think, but I'm deviating a little bit off topic here. I think DC United had enough merits to win the game. They just couldn't find the back of the net. They were on target, but uh, the goalkeeper for Charlotte was uh, was uh, somewhat on his uh, A game and on his toes throughout the entire night. So, yeah, I think DC United could have earned through all three points. I think they should have earned all three points because they were slightly the better team throughout the night. But considering everything that happened around you and that you were able to at least secure a point on the road, it's kind of a good thing. Charlotte, on the other hand, if on target was shooting the ball at Brandon Hindsight, 
and Donovan Pines the entire night. Congratulations, you were on target. But everything else, they were able to create opportunities. They just had a lot of issues creating in the final third. Yeah, you saw it right away when Amataish click in the first minute. There was a turnover led into a counter, a filtered pass through the wing. I want to say it was Fajardo. Gets randomly finds a click alone on the far post. I think he rushed his shot. He ended up taking a shot that goes wide. Had he probably controlled the ball and used his left foot, he probably gets a more on-target shot. The goalkeeper for um, Charlotte just was out of place and out of sorts once the cross came in. I think he was expecting something else more directly in the middle instead of behind every the center backs and, the, and Christian Bateke. I thought... Had Click converted that opportunity or one that came towards the end of the first half, it was similar uh, play, similar cross, similar result where he rushed it, kind of shanked his shot, went far right. If he'd have probably converted one of those, United leaves um, Charlotte with with three points instead of one. I do agree that it's a good point on the road. But again, we're heading to the tail end of the season where DC United, a reminder, folks, DC United season ends two weeks before everybody else's because they were the ones that earned the and got the short end of the stick. So their season ends October 7th while everybody else's ends October 21st. Wondering why there's a gap? Simple. MLS is taking the week before the final week of the season off for international duties. So... If you're a DC United fan, basically you need them to solidify this spot now. And while during the season an away draw is good, when you're in ninth place, you're holding on to that final playoff spot, you need to get all the points you can get. And so I thought I guess Charlotte United did fine. Shout out to Brendan Heinzeich who picked up a knock midway through the, the first, looked to be getting over uh injury. But wasn't didn't come off. He elected to stay on. I thought he had a good performance. Donovan Pines, excellent performance, eliminating eliminating all the strikers for uh, Charlotte from having any opportunities in attack. I thought overall the center backs played great, um, and it and it was good that they played great because you had uh, Steve Birnbaum, he's out with an injury. You had Williams also out with an injury. So, and it's hopefully Birnbaum did travel, according to the Washington Post, who was there at the at the site of the game. He did travel, but he did not suit up. So more than likely, he'll be ready for this Wednesday's at, against Atlanta. We shall see, but. It's good to know that at least the center backs, they've been eat very well, especially because we were all concerned with oh, Victor Paulson leaving, who was going to step up. And DC United's lucky draw of, well, hopefully Brendan Heinzeich can, can give us solid performances here or there. It's working. Yeah, I think set, I think both center, uh, center backs, Brendan Heinzeich and Donovan Pies, had a really good games. I think even Brendan Heinzeich was getting in on the offensive action, so he created some opportunities of his own. 
I, I think they were able to solid, like pretty much just block. Well, of course, they blocked everything Charlotte threw at them. They were composed. I think it helped Alex Bono, who also had a somewhat decent performance. Uh, but other than that, I think that defensively, DC United has played really solid in the last three games. I think they've been composed. Uh, it sucks that they didn't have Steve Birnbaum in this game, but I think he will be ready for the Atlanta game. Andy Nahar coming back is also a really good sign. And he he had he was pretty serviceable about the 15 minutes that he played. I think Ruan also another pretty solid performance from him. So I think if I think if the defense continues to hold hold uh, hold on tight and continue to have these solid performances overall, I think that it'll help DC United in the long run. Uh, other than that, I think yeah. Brandon Heinzeich and Donovan Pines were one of the big bright spots for DC United on Saturday night. I mean, yeah, one of the key moments for Donovan Pines was where he stepped in front of a shot that came in like right after Clicks first miss in the opening minutes. They had a counterattack situation where he just you had Alex Bono making a save off of a deflected shot that bounced off Donovan Pines' hand, but Pines happened to be running back. The They did go to VAR. It was nowhere near how he would have been able to move his bo- body in a position the ball wouldn't have gotten to his hand, so it wasn't called a handball. I thought, but that was one of the plays where I looked at it and got, went, that's one of the plays of the game because had a Charlotte converted there, I'm not sure United is able to capitalize and, and to tie the game up again just because of the way the rest of the game went. Uh, it was a lot of back and forth in the first half and then in the second half. United settled down, played more defensively, looking to hold the result. There were moments where, you know, they pushed the ball to Benteke, moved the ball towards the midfield to create some attacks. That's when they added Ted. But at the end of the day, I do think that this was a good result for United, regardless of how it looked in the beginning. I think they got a point out of it. And that's all you can ask for, considering who they are playing the next couple of days. This is their first of three matches in the next eight days. So they play Atlanta on Wednesday at home, and then they play the New York Red Bulls next Saturday at Audi Field. And then the last set of games will be at Vancouver, at Austin, and then back home to close out the season against New York City FC. With the two games coming up, we just saw Inter Miami prioritizing. Mario, if you're Wayne Rooney, what are you prioritizing? Are you prioritizing? You have these two home games. You prioritizing Atlanta, or are you prioritizing beating your rivals, the Red Bulls? Ooh, that's a that's a loaded question, but I think I would prioritize a little more beating your rivals, the Red Bulls. Because they're more of a direct, uh, direct playoff opponent to keep on to the whole to the spot to your fi- to the final playoff spot. I mean, yeah, you got to pri- you got to take the Atlanta game seriously. Atlanta has been has been one of the better teams so far in this stretch, and they and they are in a higher in a higher level than 
higher position than DC United at, the, at this moment in the play, going into the final playoff stretch. But I think with the Red Bulls, it's a much more they're a much more direct opponent. They're a couple points behind you in the standings, and if you want to keep you kind you kind of want to take this right. You got to take every every game seriously, of course. But this is a rivalry game. You have to take it a little more seriously. And you also want to hurt your opponent's chance, uh, your rival's chances of making it into the playoffs at the same time. But then again, that's a little more of like a little more of the fan in me talking more than anything else. But honestly, I think you should prioritize the Red Bulls game a little more. But at the same time, you got you got to take you got to take uh, you got to be a little you got to be equally as serious going into the Atlanta game as well. Yeah, I look at Atlanta and I look at a team that just beat a messy list in Miami and they're going to be coming very motivated to D.C. Even though for some reason Atlanta comes here and they struggle. Um, I'm not saying that's going to continue, but it's just been what it's been since Atlanta's inception. Um, I, I think that they should have prioritized the New York game because that's a six-pointer. You could probably eliminate New York at that point if they haven't already been eliminated uh, out of playoff contention by that point. They currently sit on 30 points. So if you get that those three points, you move up. But you know how I feel. I've been saying this the whole season. Your home games have to matter. You have to put 100%. At the bare minimum, DC United should leave these this week with a bare minimum of four points out of these two home games. At the bare minimum. And if that that is saying getting the 39, getting close to Nashville is 40, but you just need to get at least at the bare minimum of four points. Because at this point, every result matters. The goal obviously should be DC United getting six points without any issues whatsoever. But as you've seen this entire season, their home performances have been lackluster at best. So the the bare minimum, get a draw against one of these teams, beat one of these teams. It doesn't to me it, the order doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you need to get results because I don't know about you, but that last week of MLS matches we're all going to just be watching other teams play. And if I'm a DC United fan, I want to be able to know, okay, we're we're watching Montreal fans squirm. We're watching Nashville fans squirm. We're watching other teams squirm because we locked up our spot. Or the Eastern Conference gets locked up because we get results. And so no one's going to catch us. So that has to be the mentality going forward. I, I know Wayne has been pushing the fact that playoffs matter. This was the goal the entire season. Wrap it up. Got to wrap it up now, baby. The deadline is here. Wrap it up. Get the home results. You can get them in May, but now you got to get them now because they matter the most right now. Yeah, and you're five points from Nashville, who's currently sitting in seven. So you could get a higher seed if you get it together. So I, I think it'll be a, the, a PC, uh, the PG term. For what I'm going to say is get your stuff done at home. You have three home games left of the season. You've got your guy. You play an Atlanta team that's coming motivated. You're playing a Red Bulls team where you're trying to get you're trying to get a little bit of revenge for for losing last month at Red Bull Arena. 
you get two pretty complicated road games on the other side of the country when you're playing Vancouver in Vancouver and you're playing Austin in Austin, which is not a con- which are two places that are not easy that are not easy to play in. And then you finish off against New York City FC, a team that te- tends to get hot at the, at, the, at the latter moments of the season. So, yeah, you've got to just get your stuff done in, in order to ensure that you don't have to, that you don't sweat it out on decision day on a week that you don't play. Exactly. And all I'm going to add to that is, you know, for a backup goalkeeper, Alex Bono has really shown his worth um, these last three matches, keeping clean sheets, which we didn't see much of. With Tyler Miller, I mean, he's had his moments. But Alex Bono's really come out here and claimed stake to that spot. Uh, it leaves a lot of questions on who's going to be the starter next season or even in the playoffs. We know now, according to reporting from the Washington Post, that not only were there rib injuries with Tyler Miller, he had shoulder injuries as well, which required surgery. So any hope of a comeback, this this explains why they immediately announced last week, for those who didn't listen to the podcast, Wayne Rooney officially announced that Tyler Miller would be missing the rest of the season. We have, He had originally been told that it was just the rib injuries, but now more information has come out that he requires surgery. So we wish him all the best of luck in his recovery. But United needs to get the results uh, going forward. They have a goalkeeper who's on fire. They need to continue getting the results because right now, I you can hear it in the fan base, if they don't make the playoffs, serious changes need to come afoot for this team to progress forward. They have some pieces. Obviously, they need to make certain pickups. But as of now, they're just getting by on the barest of minimums. And so they need to make... They need to make something happen in order to get the playoff spot, in order to make the supposed dream or the supposed goal by Wayne Rooney of making it to the playoffs a reality. Yeah, and if not, well, continue. The nightmare of no playoffs will continue. Yeah, nobody wants that. Uh, Someone who doesn't want that as well as the Washington Spirit, who also played last night. In a Red Bull Arena as they took on Gotham FC. And it was Gotham's night to reign over the Washington Spirit. As Esther Gonzalez in her debut match for Gotham scored twice. And those goals were enough to knock the Spirit out right now. 2 nothing was the score. The Spirit are winless in seven matches. Somehow, the results also worked in their favor. They still hold on to the final playoff spot in the NWSL standings. For those who don't remember, the top six make it to the NWSL finals with the top uh, playoffs, excuse me, with the top two seeds getting a bye into the semis. Right now, the Spirits sit with 26 points with a 6 5 and 8 record. Uh, just sitting right in front of Rossing Louisville and Angel City, who both sit with 24. Meanwhile, United's only one point behind uh, O.L. Reign and two behind uh, the North Carolina Courage, who have been balling as of late since the Challenge Cup. So, Mario, what did you think of the Spirit performance? I thought until the second half, they were kind of 
anemic in terms of their attack. I thought that they lacked a final punch, and it just felt like too much of this long ball play, which we hadn't seen a lot of during the season. A lot of the times we've been seeing uh, more of a ball movement. But I think part of it is fatigue, and part of it is the addition of new players, trying to get them accustomed to the style, and that's taking more time than I think the spirit would want. They think they would have preferred getting some results while they test a new lineup, test new players, and it hasn't come to that just yet. Yeah, no, I I tend to agree with the anemic part. I I think there's a lot of, there was not enough punch on the attack for that. For them uh, on Saturday night, they lacked that, and it kind of showed. I think also that and the combination of new players just getting adjusted to the system uh, kind of took its toll a little bit in this game. I think they were there was bright spots throughout the game where they were able to attack well. They they were able to create sub opportunities. It's again that fa- that lack of firepower though in, in the on the final third. That kind of just like killed them a little bit. And I, I think that Gotham also did a pretty good job in neutralizing both Trinity Rodman and Ashley Sanchez. And, and yeah, it was kind of weird to see them play the long ball. It's not something that you really accustomed to see the spirit play with throughout the season. I think that was an interesting choice and tactic, but it just didn't work out. And well, Esther Gonzalez pretty much put the game to bed with two goals in under two minutes. And once that happened, it kind of just knocks the sails out of the spirit a little bit. And also, did you know Eli Manning was at this game? (laughs) I think he's one of the 800 owners of that team, so I'm not surprised that he would have been there. I agree with you there. I thought Esther came in, lit up a fire um, to that Gotham side who – has been picking it up as of late. I think they're four unbeaten. They currently sit um, in third place uh, as of Sunday with 30 points. And they're doing well. And I think a lot of that goodwill that we saw before the World Cup break, and this is why I told Spirit fans, you better hope that someone shines outside of Ashley Hatch. And really, we didn't see anyone stand out since the world cup break to take one of those spots and maybe make one of these national teamers fight. Um, as we saw during this game, it was a Sanchez mistake in the back, which causes the turnover to leads to the first goal. I pick on her specifically because if you were thinking in your head, okay, what's a position that's kind of a weakness. It's in the midfield. And that's because you're playing with a 10 if anyone, if that was the point, the the time to shine would have been for any one of those players to say, "I'm going to take this and I'm going to make it mine." And so, no one made it their position. Instead, the spirit kind of floundered in the Challenge Cup. They did get some results, but no one really took the mantle. And you could see it with the new additions coming in there. Um, yeah, Sara. Looking very good, but she hasn't found the back of the net just yet. Then you, the returnees, I thought Rodman, towards the end of that first half, where she had like a runaway breakaway, and she looks good when she does those 40-yard sprints. But I kind of feel like uh, <laughs> The Rock's former show on, on uh, was it Showtime or HBO, where 
Dan Levitar said, what's the end game here, Spence? Like, you can't just run. Like, you got to have a plan. And I feel like there's you're a lot of times. Of First off, you were thinking of ballers, by the way. The data of ballers. Because I'm like, there was, she had this bomb run, and then she took a weird shot early when the conventional wisdom is if Allie Krieger is going to come and try to push you to the to the side – She's kind of far when she puts her foot out. You make that one quick turn. Maybe you add one extra dribble, and then you have a better shot on a frame. Instead, she takes the early shot because Krieger comes in to close in, and it kind of just goes straight at the keeper. Like I, 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 I want to see more improvement from the young talent because we know it could be there, but it just didn't look like it was going to happen on Saturday night. No, it didn't. I think the I think the talent was just off. I think the team was just a little bit off throughout this game. And it's kind of weird to see because wait, when the Spirit have an off night, you can tell they're real. They really they they really have an off night. So it, it's just like it's just one of those things where anything that could go wrong for them in certain aspects of the game did go wrong. Uh, in, in regards to the Trinity Rodman play, yeah. I think she should have had a little more patience, dribbled a little more, and then take a shot at goal in that particular play. And I think the one play that really solidifies the Spirits off night is, is the first goal because Ashley Sanchez makes a bad giveaway in her own back line to Esther Gonzalez. And it kind of it puts the defense in a little bit of disarray. So they lose the mark. And then they would allow Esther Gonzalez enough time to pretty much take a one-time shot. And the funny thing about that play was they originally called the goal back. And then they finally used VAR, one of the few times they've used it throughout this season. And they're like, no, it's a good goal. So, yeah, I think that, I think that goal in particular solidifies it. And then just the second goal is more of the nail in the coffin. I don't want to say they didn't have uh, any fight in them. They did. It's just it wasn't there. It wasn't their night, point blank and simple. And also, it was nice to see Bailey Feist back on the field. Yeah, Spirit has three matches remaining in their schedule. They've only 19. The biggest one of them all, and it goes back to what I say earlier, is the six-pointer type of matches is against the Kansas City Current who currently sit below the playoff line in 11th place with 22 points. But they're going to want to prove prove something. They're going to want to prove something, especially because International Week is here for women's soccer. Spirit will be off, and then they come back with everybody. There's going to be some fatigue with Sanchez, with Rodman, with Sullivan. Uh, Riley, uh, Tanner Riley is going to play, too, for Panama. You, you got... Uh, Chiva is going to Ireland. So you're getting almost half your squad is once again, a third of your squad is going to do international duty. So I say all this to say, I wouldn't be surprised to see some Marasta movement against Kansas City, but this is the game you have to win. You have to beat Kansas City because going to all low rain, there's going to be a lot of emotions in that game. It's going to be the final home match for uh, Megan Rapino. There's a whole lot of festivities being planned. It's Cascadia Rivalry Week in the city of Seattle because the next day will be Cascadia. So 
It's a lot of attention, a lot of eyes. They're moving the game to Friday night, 8 p.m. on Big CBS. Spirit, man, like, <laughs> get the win against Kansas City so you don't have to worry about it. And if you magically get the draw against All Rain, great. Then that way you don't have to murder yourselves in trying to get a result against, again, a very good, rising, competitive uh, North Carolina team who just won the uh, Challenge Cup. So I wouldn't want to chance it. This is one of those times where you got to get the three points at home once everybody's back from international duty. And then all rain on the road. Got to get a point. Just got to. Hey, man. I, like I said in the earlier stuff with DC United, get your stuff done, Washington Spirit. Get it done. And also, hey, that game in Seattle is about to be really, really live, especially considering it's Megan Rapido's final regular season game as a member of the OL Reign in her career, actually her career in general, which has been a really good one. And then just pretty much going into that final game of the season against Carolina, you don't want to have a situation where it's do or die, especially on with a team like Carolina that have been on fire and just recently won the Challenge Cup. Recovering the nitty-gritty of the playoffs for our D.C. teams. This is where we're at right now. We're in the tail end, so we're going to keep it short, keep it simple. That's enough for us. So before we let you go, Mario, tell people where they can find out more about you and what you're writing as we head towards the playoffs. All right. If you want to read my past gamers or anything that I'm working on, you can find me on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it, at MarioAmaya1. You can also follow the Bad Hombres FC on Twitter. At the Bad Hombres FC, if you want to know what's going on in the world around you or just want to know what's going on in DMV, you can follow El Tiempo Latino on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it, at El Tiempo Latino. You can go on their website, eltiempolatino.com. And if you want to put money in my pocket so I can buy a little messy jersey, you could go get a hard copy of El Tiempo Latino at your local newsstand or metro station today. Giving them all the information with the socials. I'm going to just keep it simple. You can follow me anywhere <laughs> at Jose underscore M underscore Mana for more. Special shout out, as always, to Gamma Cloud and Impotech for the intro music. Remember to rate and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere where you get your audio uh, podcast delights. We would appreciate all the feedback. And we thank you once again for tuning into the Bad Hombres FC podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Adios.